You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, not a lot going on this week because, of course, in uh, the US it was Thanksgiving and uh, the net is full of nothing but Black Friday. Uh, I don't know what it's like uh, where you are, but here in the UK, Black Friday starts about the 6th of November and uh, runs until about the 8th of December, so that you're all thoroughly sick and tired of it, to be honest. Um, you know, deals of a lifetime that you look at and go, really? Uh, is that a deal of a lifetime? Not convinced, however. Um... Before we go much further, uh, what shall I say? Obviously, it was Thanksgiving. Uh, I believe Hanukkah starts on Monday. So, uh, happy Hanukkah to those of you who are going to celebrate that. And uh, according to my interfaith calendar, uh, the 25th was the day of the Covenant of Baha'i. Um, the 27th was the Ascension of Abdu'l-Baha. Uh, commemorating the anniversary of Abdul Baha's passing, uh, and today is Advent Sunday, which is uh, the beginning of Christmas. There we are, uh, and that pretty much covered that. <laughs> uh, if anybody knows different and I've missed something, let me know. Uh, and I'm joined by Jim. Uh, not Jim. Jim's not not here. Sorry. I'm joined by Nick. Hello, Nick. Yeah, I won't try doing a gym impression because that would be very offensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he'd tell me I sounded ridiculous anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, so thank you for uh, inviting me on as always. And, oh, and cool. it's good to be back. And yes, Advent, Advent one. So we, we lit a candle today. We There's something called an Advent ring yep. where you have like sort of... Um, it's it's made up out of holly and that kind of thing and with four candles and then you light one each week and then the middle one's white which is the birth of christ so it's a, or, or christmas day it's a traditional thing well mm. if you're our age uh nick those of us of a certain age certainly in the uk will remember the uh you know blue peter making of an advent oh yes out of two that's uh, right two two wire coat <laughs> yeah, hangers two and some tin coat hangers yeah, wide coat hangers very well. and, and tinsel. Um, I can't remember. They stopped doing it after, uh, probably in the... <laughs> People started burning their houses down. <laughs> well, yeah, because they, you know, they were advocating the mounting of candles on these uh, somewhat probably ropely put together, <laughs> put together uh, yes. yeah, kind of hangers. Anyway, there you go. Uh, if you're my age, you'll remember the, the, you know, the traditional making of one of those every uh, every year. With uh, Noxy and Co. and uh, indeed Valerie Singleton, and here's one we put together earlier, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get down, ship. Get down, yeah. ship. Oh dear. So uh, not a lot going on, obviously, because of all that. Um, 
nothing to do with tech whatsoever, but I suppose we should mention it because it's probably the biggest news in the world right now. Um, a new variant of COVID has been discovered in South Africa, um, rather concerningly. Apparently it has mm. 32 uh, mutations and at the moment nobody's quite sure how dangerous it's going to be. Um, it's been named Omicron. Um, early early reports suggested it might be called the new variant, um, but they've gone for Omicron. That's, yeah, no, that's not a good idea, isn't it? Because then the next one, what are you going to call that? If you call this one the new variant... <laughs> Well, I, they, it was, this one have to be the new new variant. It's it's new from the Greek letter, but um, oh, new as in yes, and new, and new, yeah, alpha, beta, gamma, delta, yeah. epsilon, etc. But um, either they I think had, Omicron's a much better name. Omicron is a much better name. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why they're not on epsilon because we were on delta last, but I assume there are some yeah variants that they tag that are of not of great concern they simply discover them and find that they're you know i must assume that that is the case otherwise why would they jump all the way up to omicron there we go yeah i guess it's in the end it's down to oh isn't it the um jvci who decide what to call it doesn't yes it is I don't know. um i can only assume that the people who put forward that it might be new uh miscalculated the number of variants that had been named anyway there you go Maybe. um it's serious enough that several countries have already blocked travellers from uh, South Africa, Botswana, Angola and such, you know, southern African states. Um, here in the UK, uh, the government are concerned enough to have reinstituted the mask mandate uh, beginning Tuesday, I believe. Put your masks uh, back on. Only in, yeah, only in shops and uh shops, public, public transport, transport. Yeah. well shops is a big one for me i didn't understand why they yeah. dropped that to be honest um didn't no, seem, normally didn't no. see much of an ask really to tell people to put on a mask when they go into shops um i just hope that means that some shops will now start stocking cloth masks again as um i don't think i mentioned it on the show but yeah. i certainly told you didn't i nick that i over the course of the pandemic i must have bought a dozen cloth masks and they go in the wash and never come out again they're a bit like the vanishing <laughs> sock and i'm down yeah. to about two now and uh, i can't get cloth masks so uh, i'm hoping maybe they will reappear and i can buy some more there we are okay oh, let's well, hope so never mind anyway enough of that um let's hope that it doesn't turn into you know rekindling the whole pandemic but uh, we can't tell yet um so not no, a lot we've just got to wait and uh, be patient we have and be careful go back you know if you weren't being careful already be more vigilant be more yeah. careful um okay apple uh delays support for storing your id slash driving uh license in the wallet app until 2022 uh this i believe applies mostly to the us of course um several people have suggested that this is not a big surprise because um because of the federal nature of the united states um the states have to agree to it individually and um i guess apple want to either get more of them on board or 
be very clear about where you can do this and where you will find it's not accepted. Um, so Yeah, so it says in the article that initially it was supposed to be Arizona, Connecticut, Georgia, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah. So by no means everywhere. No. Um, but yeah, they've pushed it back. Maybe so they can get more more on board before the i mean it says in the article they don't really know why they've pushed it back but it could be just so they can get more states on board before they roll it out yep um also of course it requires 15.2 which is currently in beta test um oh sorry and does not include support for a digital id in your wallet uh at the moment uh so they you know possibly oh so it could be a yeah so it could be a software thing as well yeah it could be that they've not (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Anyway, not a huge surprise, that one. Not much of a story, really. Um, Ming-Chi Kuo of Roomba fame says, Apple plans to replace the iPhone with AR in 10 years. Um, My honest opinion of this is simply Ming-Chi Kuo spouting. Um, Yes, I think there's a a British word, um, and that word is bunkum. Yes, horse feathers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yes, because I mean, even if they do have something that could um, show AR um, by that time, there's no reason to say that they wouldn't also have the phone. Not everyone is going to want to wear glasses. So. No, I don't. I yeah, everybody's saying I mean, it's ten years be the is big... a long time in tech, isn't it? It is. Is it? Ten years time. is a long time in tech, and you know there are rumours that Apple are going to push out their first headset sometime next year. Although the you know the general consensus is that is not going to be AR glasses. That's going to be some kind of um, possibly VR or XR, as they like to say. But you know more in the form of an Oculus type uh, headset. Yes. Yeah. Not you know not not glasses. Um. And it's also not the first rumor that they're going to do something like that. So. <laughs> Well, we'll I mean, wait and see. Tim Tim Cook has said that you know he finds AR. He said they're interested in AR. Yeah, you know, a, absolutely. And I, I'm pretty sure that they may well consider it to be the next big thing. But although ten years is a long time, that's a quantum shift, and you'd have to achieve an awful lot to make it replace the phone. Um, yes, they'd have to solve quite a lot of quite complicated um, issues. I'm pretty sure. Those sort of displays. Well, even if you leaving the display aside, you've got battery concerns. If you want to replace the phone, it's got to have all day battery life. But batteries will get more dense in the next 10 years. Probably quite considerably more dense. But even so. We'll we'll see. I mean, I think he's hedging his bets by saying 10 years, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really tell you anything. What he's saying is technology will have moved on quite a long way in 10 years, and we know that. Yeah. So, yeah. I think he's uh, shooting the breeze. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Pretty much. I'm pretty convinced that, you know, Apple glasses, AR glasses of some type are definitely something that's, you know... Yeah, I'd be interested in. I'd be interested in something like that, definitely. Being able to just pull up stuff on my glasses, that'd be cool. But it has to be the right thing and it has to look okay and... I mean, there's an awful lot of hurdles to get there. There are. And he, I, I and they have to be reasonably priced. <laughs> yes, also. Yeah. Um, I, my problem with this is Apple plans to replace the iPhone. 
with AR. Yeah, I, I just don't think that's true at all. I don't think that's I, true. I, I think they would like to no. um, have AR-capable glasses as an adjunct. It's a bit like, it's a bit like, like the watch. It's a little bit like saying... Yeah, it's a little bit like saying the watch was going to replace the phone because it was never going to do that. No, and it was never um, intended to. I don't to. know why you'd say that, really. Wow, well, yeah. get clicks. That's why. Yeah. To get clicks. I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, just to get clicks. Uh, although that does kind of hark back to the one we had last week about the um, the light, the LED light thing, the display technology. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not convinced by that. That's Ming Chi Kuo. Um, I haven't got a link to this either. But the other one, we, we obviously we were talking about the car because Mr. German had uh, pontificated that Apple wanted to launch their car in 2025, and we were somewhat sceptical of that. Um, and there was something else that he was uh, predicting, both of which he has subsequently rolled back to some extent, saying I might have been a bit optimistic. So that's uh, another kind of grab the headlines and then subtly walk the walk the predictions back after the event. So uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have a huge, I don't put a huge amount of stake in these kind of uh, futuristic predictions. There we go. Um, Russia is demanding foreign tech companies open offices in country or face uh, face sanctions. Uh, not particularly surprising. I think this has come up before. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure this is probably the same thing Europe are trying to do. And they basically want tech companies to pay taxes in the countries where they earn the money. Yes. Which is fair enough in my in my book, here we go. Uh, and it might be that they also want to keep an eye on them. <laughs> yeah, um, knowing that they're Russia. I mean, who knows? Um, new law in Russia targets social media companies with more than five hundred thousand daily users. Um, so basically, yeah, it's a combination, I suspect, of making them more uh, liable to Russian law and, uh, yes. you know, giving the Russian government more control. And quite possibly uh, demanding, you know, giving them right to demand more taxes. Um, yeah, it's probably a combination of those things. A combination of both, really. Um, I can't say I blame them to some extent. You know, I might not agree with them, but I, I can't say I blame them. Um, I mean, the no. EU were pursuing no, a right. sort of similar, apparently, you know, or at least working towards... Um, legislation that will mean the tech giants will have to pay tax on their goods and services you know at the point of purchase not yeah at the point of their not from head office somewhere else yeah yeah not from their head <laughs> office which is conveniently in the virgin islands which you know has a tax rate of 0.5 percent or something um yeah there we go um no doubt there'll be plenty of people saying, you know, there'll be they're kowtowing to the kowtowing to the Russians, but um, it's the same old thing as China, isn't it? You either yeah. either you go along with the rules or you decide that um, you can afford to let that market go. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, what else? Um, it's tricky when it's tricky when quite a large amount of your income comes from those countries though. well it is yes and um, in the case yeah. of china you know they also supply a lot of your manufacturing um well absolutely yeah. puts you and that basically puts almost everybody on a sticky wicket with china because nearly everything's made in china yeah there we are true um 
this wasn't such good news. Um, not currently available. Um, Turks cannot buy iPhones after Lira plunge. This was on Reuters, um, and I saw it elsewhere. Apple basically temporarily suspended uh, sales of all their products in Turkey um, due to a crash in the currency. Um, oh, wow. Uh, it, it dropped 15% one day last week. Um, and over the course of a week, I think it had sunk about 25% against the um, rest of the world. Um, I wonder how many iPhones they sell in Turkey. Oh, quite a lot, I would have thought. Um, you know, Turkey's, you know, not exactly, you know, a developing country. Um, no. Anyway, um, due to a, a currency crash, they suspended, um, you know, sales. Yeah, um, this is the Reuters report. Report. I saw an update which I should have bookmarked. Um, they reopened, I think, a day or so later, but uh, the prices of ev- everything had gone up by twenty five percent. Um, basically, because the Turkish lira has devalued so much. Um, yeah. Well, I suppose that's how businesses behave, but I'm sure it doesn't help the people of Turkey. <laughs> but no. Um... That is how businesses behave. That is how businesses work. Well, you know, they've never actually suspended um, trading in the UK, but they've certainly at times, you know, looked at the currency markets and gone, right, you know, uh, sorry, all the prices in the UK are going up 10% because, you know, the pound is weak or the dollar is strong or whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, I can't tell you much about that other than what I read, which is, um, unfortunately, the Turkish lira has crashed significantly and uh, as a result apple stopped selling stuff and then started selling it again with all the prices hiked up by 25 percent um there we are uh mm. this is the most interesting story we've got really nick um the seiko wrist mac the first apple watch um i've got two pieces here one from cult of mac and uh, another one from nine to five um a seiko wrist mac uh from 1988 um has come up for auction um this thing is so rare and so obscure even i had never heard of it and i can assure you i've heard of pretty much every kind of weird mac peripheral you can think of um it's being referred to as the first apple watch which i guess actually is true um i might actually use this picture here um as it says here completing its box yeah, with the original opened box registration card. Not filled manual. in, by software, the way. Software <laughs> floppy disk. Yeah. Packaging uh, an unopened Seiko wrist Mac watch. Where? Mm. That's going to be rare. As it says here, extremely rare, 1988 uh, uh, Seiko X Machina wrist Mac first Apple Watch release over 25 years before the 2015 Apple Watch. Uh, one of the first pieces of wearable computing technology. Um, never been sold in uh, over 30 years since it was released. The box advertises the revolutionary features and contains the original sticker with the serial number. Um, the box has opened and shows little wear. It retains its original white appearance despite some stress. It contains the wrist Mac registration card not filled out. 
the tutorial, the reference manual, uh, complete with white pages with no writing on, uh, the wrist Mac 1.2 floppy disk with the official software, uh, the holder for stability when plugged into a computer, and the original Seiko box uh, in pristine condition with original cables. Rare and obscure piece of tech history. Um, incredible find for collectors, investors and Apple fans. Um, it will likely be years before another one comes to auction anywhere. Um, obscure is right, as they say here. Uh, the wrist Mac has one cool piece of history. When the astronauts on the Atlantis space shuttle sent the first email from space, August 28, 1991, they wore, wore wrist Mac watches to coordinate with the Macintosh Portable and Apple Link software aboard the shuttle. So there you go. Apparently, a bidding is starting at £1 with no reserve and no guide price. Because oh. nobody knows what the hell <laughs> it's worth. It's either so rare it's worth tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, or it's so rare it's worthless. Let's take your pick. Yeah. So it actually looks a little bit like a large digital watch with three buttons on the bottom. Yes. Uh, oblong bottoms at the bottom. And uh, I mean, it's typically 1980s fare, really. It is. It's, it's what you'd expect from a 1980s watch. And uh, reminiscent in some respect of the pebble, um, as you said, yeah. Nick, before the show. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah, it's particularly the black. They've got a picture of a black version, and that looks much more like the pebble. Yes. Um, that's quite cool. I, I reckon that's going to go for quite a lot of money. I would say so. The one that's for sale is a black model. Uh, nine to five Mac have a photograph which was tweeted out by, I'm going to mangle this, uh, Pino Ishwandari uh, of a blue model. So he obviously owns one. Um, and there's a photo of uh, Pishwar, I assume, uh, Pino, uh, I should say, wearing his Apple Watch and the Seiko wrist Mac neck to it. And uh, it's not that much bigger, is it? It's not that much bigger. No, it's not. So, uh, interesting. It's not unreasonably sized. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not, you know. And not... also, what's yeah, interesting is, I mean, I know the watch is incredible. The Apple Watch is, you know, we're talking the difference between the actual sort of processors and things in them are just ridiculously different. But it's around about the same thickness. Yeah. It's roughly the same shape slightly wider it's remarkably close actually to the i mean the difference with the apple watch is of course the display is much larger it's in color oh yeah um and as i say i mean we're to, it but it's interesting to see them side by side like that yeah very mm. much so it was um it'll be interesting to see who uh who who's brave enough to bid on it and uh and what it goes up to I'm guessing yep. something ridiculous, actually. Oh, I suspect I it will wrong. go for a ludicrous sum of money. It's interesting to uh, look at the registration card. It's got name, address, city, state, zip, CompuServe ID. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then MCI mail or MCL mail. I don't know what that is. Obviously a type of mail service. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. Um... And I wonder what the difference between the regular and the executive model were. It's got a regular model with a box next to it and an executive model with a box next to it. Huh. Mm, interesting. Don't know. Is that the difference between the blue one and the black one? <laughs> well, it might be. Yeah, it could be as simple as that. <laughs> I've no idea. Although looking at the smaller picture, yeah, it doesn't. Who can say? There we go. 
uh i, I just found that fascinating um yeah i yeah, also put, you know the the fact that it went up on the you know that it was used by nasa uh was interesting but actually mm. almost more interesting to me was the fact that they used a macintosh portable um to send yes. their uh, to to yeah. send their email from space um I always wanted a Macintosh portable. I nearly bought one years after the event, but um, yeah, I never did. There we are. So that's probably the most fascinating story of the of the week, to be honest. Um, I didn't know whether to put this in hints and tips, you know, uh, worth of chirps, or whether to put it under Apple. Uh, this one's from Cult of Mac. Helpful Mac app sends alerts when new Apple devices are in stock. Um, as it says here, uh, Inventory Watch keeps an eye on Apple Store stock. Um, oh, that's quite good if you're thinking of buying something. Yes, it says here, it's incredibly difficult to obtain a number of Apple products right now, thanks in part to global chip shortage, um, not just from Apple, but from all technology companies. Uh, and, of course, you know, supply uh, chain issues such as, you know, shipping backlogs and all the rest that goes with that. Um Finding yeah. stock got a lot easier with the Inventory Watch, a free Mac OS app which automatically checks the availability of a number of Apple products in the US, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Germany, South Korea and Hong Kong. So I'm afraid Alistair is yet again out of luck there in New Zealand. Apple uh. never seemed to uh, give him any love. Um, the Inventory Watch app currently tracks macbook pro 14 and 16 inch iphone 13 and ipad mini um simply tell the app what you want and where you would like to collect it from and it will send you an alert as soon as the product you want becomes available um uh, if the product you want or the country you reside in isn't listed above you can ask for them to be added via github where inventory watch is available to download uh, there are limitations for certain devices. Oh, okay. Free to download, oh, that's but quite useful. Otherwise, Mac OS 11.5 Big Sur or later. So I'm assuming this is actually a third party app of some sort. Um, anyway, yes. there we are. Um, well, if you can request on GitHub, I assume you're sending messages to the developers. And if enough people squeal, they'll... Uh, hey, well, I suppose the part of the reason there's no New Zealand is I don't believe there's actually an Apple store in New Zealand. I think Alistair said the last time, didn't he, that if he wanted to go to the Apple store, he had to fly to, to Australia or somewhere. Oh, you might be right. Anyway, yeah. um, yeah, so, yes. It, but for those of us in, you know... The UK, US, Canada, if you are desperately seeking to get hold of one of those items, um, you might want to download this and uh, keep track of... Shut up, Siri. <laughs> it's very kind of her to have... A him, rather, to have found something on the web for you. <laughs> Not sure quite what, but there we are. So, <laughs> there we are. That is that is that one. That is that one. And that's pretty much all of the Mac, uh, you know, Apple news. So... I'm going to uh, say let's go over to John in the hardware store because John is going to tell us about whoosh cleaning products for your, you know, iPhone, Mac, iPad, well, and anything else really. But uh, we'll go over to John and he can tell us all about it. Take it away, John. A company with a great name, Whoosh. W-H-O-O-S-H dot com. Woosh dot com has four products that they sent us for our evaluation here at Nemo's Hardware Store. 
Screen Shine Duo, Screen Shine Pro, Screen Shine Wipes, and Grab and Go Bundle. As you gather from the name, it's to help you shine your screen. And there's variations of the same stuff. It's an alcohol-free liquid, and you can read all about it on their website. For instance, if I go to the Screen Shine Duo, which is their most popular product, that's $16. It's the product that started it all. The next generation screen cleaner wipes away dust, dirt, and grime and leaves your device shining like new. Comes with a bottle of Screen Shine Pocket, perfect for on-the-go cleaning and a bundle of Go XL, great for at-home use. Anyway, you can read about this stuff on their website. Good descriptions. Tells you about their odorless formula, about their cleaners, about their cloths. Read the reviews. As they say on their website, laptops, smartphones, tablets, TVs, wearable tech, and eyeglasses, even cameras. If it has a screen, if it has any glass, if it has something that's going to get filthy and grimy and dusty and dirty, let's whoosh it. Let's go over the price range of all the products. As I said, the Screen Shine Duo is $16 in the U.S. The Screen Shine Pro is $18 in the U.S. That gives you a spray bottle, a nice spray bottle with the whoosh solution in it and some buffing and drying cloths. Then the Screen Shine 20 wipes, which comes in a little pocket dispenser. You pull them out like a Kleenex, and then you have this orange cloth. All their stuff is really good color-coded with orange. They have a really good color scheme for their industrial design. And then the grab-and-go bundle, which is the most popular one here in the Nemo household. You get three bottles of the solution. Each one comes with its own little small microfiber cloth. So go to whoosh.com, read about these. The bundle's $30, the wipes are $10, the Pro with the sprayer is $18, and as I said, the Duo is $16. But I think you will find this is a really good stocking stuffer. This is the holiday season. This is something that everybody needs. No matter what you're doing, if you're listening to this show, or if you know somebody who's listening to this show, you have a grimy, dusty, fingerprint, greasy, pizza-stained, chocolate-covered screen, camera, TV, pad, Mac, PC, Android, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you have, it can use some whoosh. Mrs. Nemo absolutely loves it, and she has settled on the grab-and-go bundle. That is her favorite, polishing and, and cleaning up her iPad and her iPhone screen and also the screens in the car that also get full of dust. Thank you, Woosh. We'll be back next week with more great tech. Thank you for that, John. Uh, and those are Woosh products. Lovely. Keep your stuff shiny and clean. There we are. And we're going to move on. Um, I think Jim sent this one in. It's from the Daily Record, which is a Scottish newspaper, so it probably was. BT to axe the traditional landline phone, sparking fears for millions of elderly. Um, apparently, BT will phase out the traditional landline phone um, to be replaced by a new, quote-unquote, digital phone. Um which will force all homes online when the switchover happens in 2025. 
Um, That's quite a big step, really, because there are still quite a lot of people who won't have internet anywhere near their homes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, and we're not talking huge numbers of people, but I I know one or two people who just won't have anything to do with it at all. Mm. The uh, BT so is... get, There are bound to be some people who will say, oh, I'm not having that. Mm. Uh, BT will replace the traditional landline as part of a huge digital chain. A new digital phone will be favoured instead of a landline, forcing homes online. The phone will be powered by electricity and will require an internet connection. BT has moved to reassure customers that rollout will be slow and landline customers will be supported every step of the way. Um... Well, that's interesting because, but, I mean, BT doesn't actually have internet throughout the country, does it? Uh, no, not completely. No, I, I well, there I suppose... are always those out where you know a village has had to do its own thing. Oh yeah, yeah, couldn't um, get there. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. But he does say they'll do it slowly. So hopefully they'll do it sensitively too. I do. There's one thing here that they do. I, I do admit. Um, the National Pensioners Convention said if there is a power cut, this digital phone line will not work and a potential lifeline for elderly yeah. people will be suddenly lost. That is one thing which is true. If there's a power outage and you have a traditional landline, um, it doesn't. it's not separately powered, is it? It, it, it just runs down the copper wire. I think I've probably said before, like, when one of my first jobs was working in, in unemployment benefit and I worked at Corporation Street in Birmingham, which also housed Birmingham for telephone exchange. Um, so it was actually quite interesting in the basement, one side of the building where you could actually look across into the lower basement side of the BT side, as it were, of the building. You could actually see all the big batteries that, that powered the system so that, you know, if there was a pass loss, um, these big batteries kept the phones kept the going. Phones quite going. interesting. Yeah, there we go. Um, so they're saying 1.5 million homes, homes don't have access to the internet. Approximately 6% of households do not have access to the internet, according to Ofcom. So That's quite a lot, isn't it, 6%? You tend mm. to think, I mean, you and I have probably had the internet for so long now, it just seems as if you expect everyone to have it, but uh, still quite a lot of people. Mm. Experts fear millions more do not have a mobile phone or know how to use one properly. Um, well, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. I'm constantly speaking to people who have no clue about how to use their phones. Um, well, mm. you know, I mean, my father asked me the other day, you know, somebody said to him something about why don't you get a smartphone? And he kind of asked me about it. And I said, look, Dad, you couldn't get on with an iPad. I just absolutely no way that you're going to get any benefit whatsoever from a smartphone, Android or... No, because he'll just iPhone. use it as a phone. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Why, perfectly... why spend the money on a smartphone when you, know, when you can just have a phone? He's perfectly happy yeah. with his big button, you know, um, quote unquote feature phone, you know. Um, he doesn't use it that often. I'm anyway. sure... In all honesty, as this rolls out, I'm sure they will find ways around some of these concerns. Yeah, I'm sure but, they will. Um, um, but I understand why pensioner groups might be a little bit concerned about it. Yep, and 2025 is you know, a fairly short timeline. Yeah, although not that far away. That said, um, often these things take years. You know, when they said they were going to yeah. turn off analog uh, television signals, you know, yes, there was a true. huge there yeah, was a huge thing a about that. Longer. 
and it, it, it rolled out, but it, it rolled on for years before they'd actually switched all of them over. Um, I wonder if they'll offer people who only have a phone at the moment, whether they'll offer them a service that just covers calls. Do you know what I mean? So they don't have to pay extra for their yeah, I think, uh, I think internet the, connection. I think the point here is basically they want to do away with analog phone signal and um, run everything over the same, you know, on a yes. internet. So, oh, I can understand why it makes business sense to do um, for, for BT. Uh, without a doubt but uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how they roll that out yep um right okay guidelines laid down by ofcom bt must ensure that customers can contact an emergency service if a power cut lasts more than an hour how this could be achieved if you lose access from internet phone line or do not have a mobile phone or signal is not clear um yeah it's not as straightforward actually yeah and now is an awful long time if you're having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, I, I, you know, full stop. Um, well, it, you know, they've announced that's what they want to do. They're going to have to um, prove that they can do it. Find a way. Find a way to. Yeah, I, I can. I can see them doing, managing to do a fair amount of it, and then coming on a little bit like when they said they'd cover the country with internet. They hadn't realised at the time they announced it that how difficult that would be. Yeah. And I think this is probably another one of those things where they'll get, perhaps get down to the last 1% or half a percent even. Of, or of, 6%. Uh, and then they'll really <laughs> find it difficult. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So we'll see. We will see. But you're going to get things, aren't you? You know, what about some hill crofter out in the far wilds of the Scottish Highlands? Um, exactly, yeah. You know, these are the things you come up against that they don't, yeah, you know, it's easy to say how we, we're we going to do the 95 or 97%. It's the last little bit that gets difficult. Yeah. We shall have to see how that goes, I suppose. I mean... I'm sure there will be more news about it as time goes by. As there will, no doubt there will. I mean, for most of yeah. us, really, it's unlikely to make very much difference at all, is it, you know? Um, no. As you say, we've had the internet forever. We've got, you know, we've got mobile phones. I mean, I don't even use my landline. Um, hey, does that mean they'll get rid of this blooming pole at the bottom of my drive? Who knows? Because <laughs> if it does, they can absolutely bring it on. Because <laughs> it's so. I've got a. I've got a, originally. I had a small garden, uh, and then a, a little paved area, and then a drive. And at the bottom of the paved area is a telegraph pole. And a little while ago, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago now, I replaced the grass with tarmac. So it's now all tarmac. But of course, the pole's still there. And I looked into having it removed. And it's a thousands of quid it costs to have a yeah, pole just to have it moved if you want it moving yeah oh, it's ever so expensive so i thought well that's that i'm not going to be doing that so yeah whenever i reverse off my drive i have to bear in mind that there's a post yeah do and, back uh, into the and telegraph be careful pole. not to scratch my car on it yeah but uh yeah if that means they're going to get rid of my telegraph pole then I, you know they can come here now and do it <laughs> well i bet i bet it doesn't I bet it doesn't because... No, they'll probably just leave it. Yeah. Well, they'll probably still deliver the service down the twisted copper wire. They're just turning off the analogue. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's and true. And moving on yeah, to... I hadn't thought of that. You know, they're turning off... Well, I mean, they're not analogue anymore, are they? They've not been analogue for years, but they're turning off the um, 
traditional. Yes, just the analog signals. Yeah. And going on to, um, they'll be going on to basically voice over IP. That's what they're doing. Yes. And, uh, oh, that's a a real disappointment. I was getting excited there. You might have noticed. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think they're going to come and take down the poles, mate. And they're not going to come and lay fibre to your house, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, I have Virgin Media fibre. So I don't actually use the pole, which is a bit ironic, really. (laughs) It stands outside my house. And at some point, when they were laying the drive, they came in and they said, we're really, really sorry, but we've caught that wire and it just broke. And I said, don't worry about it. I don't use it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not using it. So I, 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 ju- I just have a bit of telephone wire trailed down the edge of my house. <laughs> so do, do you actually... Where they cut it off. I said, just cut it off. It'll be fine. Do you have um, fibre to the premises then, or do you... Yes. Well, you I, 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 yeah, it was originally Penny West. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. That's um. All all my stuff comes across across fibre. Oh, nice. Including my phone. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, somebody who put this one. I think it might have been Dougie sent us this one. Uh, twelve foot hop any paywall. Um, this is um prepend twelve. FT.io slash to the URL of any paywall page, and we'll try our best to remove the paywall and get you access to the article. Um, well, there you go. That's uh, apparently a way that you may be able to uh, circumvent paywalls. I'm not sure how I feel about that. To be honest, if you if you really want to read the content on um, you know on a newspaper site, perhaps yeah. you should pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, you should just pony up and do no. do the right thing. I mean, is it is it really that important to read that news? There, you can probably read it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, I find um, you know a lot of the paywalled sites will allow you a few articles a month, you know, four or six articles a month or something, which mm-hmm. normally for me will do. And if it's um, you know, if it's paywalled and I can't get access to it yeah there'll be usually somebody else will have the news somewhere um well i suppose if someone wants to use it it uh they'll find a way of blocking it at some point so <laughs> yeah yeah anyway um i mean sometimes this isn't always true but sometimes if you really want to read the text of a article that claims to be paywalled if you change the reader view sometimes that will actually show you the text but yeah, yeah. and i I'm not necessarily mad, keen on paywalls, but, you know, good journalism needs people to be paid. You know, if the Daily Telegraph want me to pay to read their articles, then I think that's fair enough. Um, Yeah, we can't can't get everything for free. You can't have everything for free, can you? (laughs) You can't have everything for free all the time. Um, In fact, you're very lucky if you're not paying out for everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There we Um, go. There we are. Um, so, but anyway, that's... Yes, uh, if, I run up, if I run up against a paywall, I just think, oh, we'll stuff that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, not going to read that. If I'm not going to, you know, if I wanted to read the Daily Telegraph badly enough, I would be subscribed. Um, as yeah. I say, some, some, some sites allow you a few articles um, a month. Um, some, like the Daily Telegraph, only put some of their stuff behind their paywall. So their headline news and whatnot tends to be free to read but if you want to read the you know political analysis or the op-eds or whatever you have to pay up um yeah well there you go um 
according to BGR and some other sites, by the way, uh, Windows 11 could come to the Mac uh, to M1 Max in the future. Um, apparently, Microsoft had an exclusivity deal for Windows on ARM chips with Qualcomm. Um, so basically, all of the uh, ARM-based uh, like Microsoft uh, surfaces, you know, Surface Book, the surfaces, so on, yeah. um, ran on Qualcomm chips. And uh, reportedly, this exclusivity deal may be coming to an end soon. Um, if that is so, we could see official support for Windows 11 on Macs running the M1 chip. Um, there you go. Oh, okay. Um, I can't see people, most people are used Macs getting very excited by that news, but, but uh, it's worth knowing. Yeah. No, I'm not necessarily super um, pumped. It does mean that you would... Well, I, want... I carried on using... I carried on using window windows for a while simply because I had a program that was wasn't available for the Mac. Um but there's nothing I use now that isn't available for the Mac. So why would I want to run Windows 11 apart from just curiosity? Yeah. Um there we go. I mean the whole boot camp kind of thing unless you're really into games I never really got mad keen on that idea. Although you know, when I was working, having a, v- a VM with Windows on was, you know, very, very useful thing to have. Um, yes, particularly the um, the interoperability between those operating systems. So if you could share files across yeah, um, exactly. from one yeah. to the other easily, then, yeah, that that is useful. Um, you know, but, uh, but apart for, from that... <laughs> for personal use, no, not really that bothered. Yeah, in 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 business use, it's really nice to be able to have a Windows VM that you can fall back on. Um, you know, if somebody yeah. sends you stuff in things that, and I don't care what Microsoft says. You know, versions of Word are difficult enough between versions, let alone across platforms. Um, oh, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. You know, um, but there we go. Uh, there is a possibility that Windows 11 might be... Uh, the main thing here for me would not be, wow, you can, you know, you could install Windows on, a, on an M1 Macintosh and run it natively rather than the Mac OS, but more that it would mean you'd be able to run it in a VM, um, which is probably more exciting for more people. But there we go. Yeah. That's um, yeah. rumoured and uh, would require this uh, exclusivity deal for Windows on ARM with Qualcomm to actually end and not be renegotiated or renewed in some way. Mm-hmm. So, don't know about that, but that was uh, that caught my eye. Um, couple of security story stories. GoDaddy disclosed a re- recent security breach exposed 1.2 million accounts. Um, so if you're a GoDaddy customer, um, best you go and see if you've been exposed. It'll probably mean, you know, go change all your passwords and all that sort of thing. Um, and um, huge fines and a ban on default passwords in new UK law. Um, basically, the UK government has introduced legislation to protect smart, smart devices from being hacked. Um, I'm not sure that's really true, but um, default passwords for internet well, it hel- connect- it helps, isn't it? it? Yeah, it helps if, if they don't put default passwords on. Yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, modems these days come with passwords printed on the modems themselves yes which are unique yeah which is a much better way of doing things than just saying oh just use admin 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 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those days are hopefully long gone, but perhaps they're not. Um, yeah. Well, password password still gets used an awful lot, and password yeah. on its own gets used an awful lot. Um, anyway, apparently, but default... hopefully not on new devices. Yeah. Um, internet connected devices will be banned, and firms which do not will comply will face huge fines. Um, I think that's fair enough. It's fair enough. I mean, that's related to some extent to the story that six million Sky routers had a serious security flaw, um, which I believe was re- related to them having some sort of default password. Um, right. It's just not a good idea. I mean, even because businesses have been caught out this way as well, it's not just individuals. Businesses have been caught out because once they actually get inside your firewall, if you've got default passwords on things, they'll they just step through your network without any difficulties. Yeah, here we go. The so, vun- uh, uh, for Sky, the vulnerability could affect anyone who had not changed the router's default admin password. Um, hmm. says, uh, anyway, um, yes. The, Although, you know, if you go buying cheap stuff from China, I'm not sure they're going to pay much attention. Um, That's true. That's true. They're probably not going to check it every one that they import, in all honesty. No, but I guess, you know, it should stop people like Sky or whatever. I mean, I'm not a big fan of BT. I, you know, I'm not. But for years now, if you set up a BT home hub, um, it comes with um, a password, which is like a temporary password. When you set it up, you enter this temporary password, it lets you in, and then it tells you to set your own password. Yeah. Um, and it won't actually yeah. let you do it until you've done that correctly, um, which is quite good. And as you say, lots now, of course, come with uh, pre-generated passwords of their own. Yeah. M- much more much more uh, secure way of doing it. So there, I guess, as they, you know, as the software is flashed onto them, they, a new code is generated each time. Anyway, yeah, I mean, considering the amount of money these security flaws end up costing companies, it's uh, it's a good move for the co- not only for the companies, but uh, I'm sure the, the fallout from losing lots and lots of passwords is uh, is as bad for the government as it is for anybody else. Hmm. There we go. Well, that's pretty much it, Nick. Um, what else have I got? Have I got anything else? Um, oh, I didn't. There, the key I didn't combination. Know that. It says. What's that? I was just I was just going to say one of the near the end of that article it says a separate piece of legislation which got royal assent last week the Telecommunications Security Act will give Ofcom new powers to monitor the security of telecoms networks fines of up to ten percent of turnover or a hundred thousand pounds a day can be issued for those that fail to meet standards so that's mm. got teeth <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they would define as a telecom network, but... Um... Well, yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, you know, good, yes, Ofcom. Ofcom need teeth, that's the truth. Um, yeah. They do. They need to be able to actually have some clout. Um, right, uh, in relation to what we talked about last week, Nick, when we were talking about um, hot corners and things, and you were talking about locking the screen... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, duh, I looked in the Apple menu. <laughs> the key command is Control <laughs> Command Q. Um, oh, I'm going to try that now. Hold on. Control. Which will lock, should lock the screen. Q. It does. It works. And, Hold on that, man. And, uh, of course, if you've got, um, if you have a Touch ID uh, or, you know, Mac, simply uh, press the, um, press the power button. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which will take you back to the uh, login screen. Anyway, there we are. I still think the hot corner is probably um, simpler. 
Uh, um, it, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's about it. That's it. We're done. There we are. Nothing totally else good. to talk about. So uh, we'll wrap uh, it up. We've still done. We've still done pretty well. We've still yeah. done pretty well with uh, about the hour mark, probably. Oh ah, well, good. jolly good. Right. So, Nick, if you want to tell people uh, where you can be found. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter occasionally. Um, Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Uh, yeah. I'm also in the Slack room occasionally, so do join our Slack um, community um, and have a chat. And also you can uh, find me occasionally on Bart's show um, when he records it at a reasonable hour. <laughs> yes, when he's not and, doing it at uh, and, you know. um that's right. And, of the night. Uh, also, you can find some of my services. We had an interesting occurrence this morning uh, at the service, with the, the advert service we did this morning. Uh, for some reason, I completely missed the first hymn. <laughs> so people, I started to play the first hymn and suddenly I noticed no one was singing. I thought, what's going on? And I looked into my, I've got like a mirror on the organ. I looked into the mirror and I noticed there were no words coming no. up on the, uh, on the screens no. at the front of the church. No on the I screen. Thought, oh dear. And, so, and suddenly I'd got Gerald running along the balcony where the, where the organ is saying, you haven't got the first hymn. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow I'd completely missed the first hymn. So I had to run across and fortunately it only takes a few clicks to add it in. But uh, the person leading the service had to do a, a bit of filling while I, while I did that. <laughs> <laughs> right, we will now sing... Best laid the, plans and all that. We will now sing him, him 259, take two. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so we go back oh, to the dear. And then I, made the mis- then I made the mistake of overwriting. I, I updated it so we could sing the first hymn. Unfortunately, I overwrote the second hymn. <laughs> so when I got back... I, I I was doing some prayers, so when I got back up onto the balcony, Ger- Gerald was there again, saying, "You've overwritten the second hymn." Oops. Oh, anyway, dear. after all that excitement, the rest of the service went okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right. Well, uh, you can find me, of course, on Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. Um, all of our stuff is on the website at essentialapple.com. Um, I forgot to mention earlier, um, don't forget if you're interested in getting two months on the premium plan with Kino, um, the offer code is Kino with John Nemo. Um, and uh, I didn't mention this either. Affinity are having a sale at the moment, which is 30% off almost everything and 50% off iPad apps. If you, uh, you know, haven't got or wish to acquire uh, Affinity products, um, now's the time, really. Now is the time. Um, And that's about it. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to all the people who support us. Don't forget to join the Slack room. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well done. Well done. That'll do. That wasn't too bad, actually. I mean, we... You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much 
to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com Take a look at the available podcast and take a listen. Hello, I'm Guy. And I'm Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast. And we're here to tell you about a very serious condition plaguing Mac users everywhere. It's known as BPSI, or Boring Podcast Sleep Induction. It can happen anytime, anywhere, while listening to dull podcasts and driving. You can prevent BPSI by subscribing to the MyMac.com podcast on iTunes. Our podcast is many things, (laughs) but never boring. Available without a doctor's prescription. The MyMac.com podcast is not responsible for loss of bodily functions while laughing. Side effects include blurred vision, nervous tics, trying not to smile, angry yelling when we say something wrong, and the inability to call our Skype number, which is 703-436-9501. Women trying to become pregnant should not be listening to the MyMac.com podcast, as it will take time away from having sex, which you normally need to do to become pregnant. So remember, listen to the MyMac.com podcast. Think of the children. again another time. Until then, goodbye. Whoosh. Whoosh. Yeah, whoosh. Um, (laughs) I've actually, I've heard of them because... I think it was the ATP. Somebody was saying uh, something right. about it, and then one of the boys on there was like, "Oh, I just use Whoosh." Oh, when they were talking about the Apple cloth, I think when they were, all, you know, having hilarity at the nineteen-dollar Apple cloth, and one of them said, "Oh, I just use Whoosh." So it's a right, well-known. You can use it to clean camera lenses and all sorts of stuff. It's alcohol-free cleaning solution, um, mm-hmm. like that stuff you cool. buy in opticians for glasses cleaner. Yeah, I bought some stuff a little while ago. It's called Eco Moist. All right, a natural a natural screen cleaner. No, no degradable, hypoallergenic, and it comes with a towel. So it can, I've got the towel here. It, come, it comes with a towel about the size of a handkerchief. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's a microfiber towel. It's quite, I mean, it's really good for cleaning big screens because uh, it's a decent, you can get your whole hand under it, as it were. Yeah, rather than a little, like um, one finger. So yeah, yeah, and I'm still using that. I haven't used it recently. <laughs> it's probably really dusty here, but uh, um, but I haven't used it recently. But it's lasted a fair while. It's yeah. quite a decent sized bottle. It's probably about, it's um, what sort of, um, how do I describe that? It's about three inches tall. Standard bottle with a little spray cap on the top of it. We used to have um Yeah, it clean cleans well. We used to have a, a glass cleaner at, at work for cleaning things like scanner tops and um you know, scanner yeah. glass and screens and, and um and it was called muck off. Muck off. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, the thing that used to drive me mad about them mostly was that they'd nearly nearly all the wipes that you can buy. The, the, certainly the ones that are throwawayable are, are tiny little things. Yeah. You know, you can barely get two fingers on it. And if you're yeah. cleaning something big, you want you want a decent cloth. Yeah, they're all right for cleaning That's your glasses, aren't they? This, really. yeah. yeah. They're all right for cleaning your glasses, yeah, those sort of little ones. But um, there we are. That's right. Or, or getting the muck off your mouth. Oh, oh, they don't tend to collect as much muck on your mouth now, now that they're all optical. But back in the no. day when you used to get, uh, get muck in your mouth... 